Welcome back to our Small Groups podcast and thank you for joining us again. Um, we're finishing off our conversation with Rick Hill on the topic of community, building up from what we talked about last week with our unity on Christ and then more practically addressing our community together in Christ. And again, it's a joy to welcome you back, Rick. Thanks. Good to be here. And we got to know you a little bit last week, but get to know you further. What is one thing that you're looking forward to this year? Uh, yeah, good question. Uh, I, well, I, we are embracing a little bit of homeschooling here for the first yes. six weeks of the year. <laughs> yes, and I don't know if that's something I'm looking forward to, actually. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, maybe I'm looking forward to that finishing mm-hmm. in some ways. I've, yeah, I've realized uh, teachers are brilliant and mm-hmm. I'm not one of those. So, uh, but maybe more, more personally, there's a couple of new projects I'm just working on this year. So I'm looking forward to kind of developing those. They're, they're mm-hmm. both very much in the sort of early stages so one is a leadership project and then one's a writing project actually i've been doing a lot of writing and i'm uh, just trying to uh, develop those and bring mm. those kind of some sort of completion to both of those very good that's quite exciting it's glad i'm glad that you can enjoy your work so again we started off this conversation of community last week and today we're looking a lot more practically on how to kind of embed this into our culture but starting even back before this like why are we choosing to have a conversation on community yeah well i guess i, I don't know yeah you, you tell me <laughs> you, you chose a topic and invited me to speak on it but uh, yeah i mean i guess on a big well i wonder on a big picture scale if we've seen in the last year how we as human beings actually we're not really designed for isolation so mm-hmm. actually it's 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 hard when we're isolated from others or we're distanced or apart or whatever phrase you, you might want to put on it so i think even on a sort of social human level how we've been created is actually you know in, in the garden of eden you know what does god say about adam it's not good for man to be alone and i think that was more you know about he was talking about more than just relationship there or, or marriage you know it's a it's a, a kind of idea that we, we are created for community so mm. the thing that we're talking about today is actually part of our DNA. We're, we're created for it. I think also maybe as part of our discipleship, it's really, you know, community is a vital part of our discipleship. So community is actually an essential part of how we do faith and how we understand faith. There's, mm. you know, to put it a different way, there's no such thing as solo discipleship. And our sanctification, so, you know, that's just a fancy word really for the process of becoming more like Christ. But, mm. you know, that, that needs other people. So, you know, we need other people. So we realize that it is massive. You said that it's <laughs> crucial to our faith and that we can't have a faith independently. So it goes back to the way we're created is for community. We need to have this community in our lives. And there's a way that we grow and live is in community. We're following on a conversation of last week when we're talking about our unity with Christ and how that unity shapes our community. Can you just summarize kind of that conversation and give the context then for today yeah so maybe on a big picture level we're talking about how we were once far off from god he's called us into he's invited us into relationship and made that possible through jesus and that brings us into the family of god first of all but also brings us into relationship with others as well and i think i mentioned that one of the most dominant pictures of the new testament church is is the is this idea of family the image of family and it's captured in Acts chapter at the end of Acts chapter two. Just some some of my favorite verses in, in the whole of the Bible. You know this picture of all the believers being together and 
having things in common and selling property and possessions mm. to give to people who are in need. But every day, daily, they continue to meet together, breaking bread in their homes and eating together, you know, and, and there's thankfulness and sincerity to that. And I, th- I think maybe what we're beginning to explore last week is how we're lo- both loved by a father, but we're formed in a family. Mm. And, you know, when we need to foster a sense of the family of faith and our discipleship that leads towards or leads to our love for others or valuing of others. Mm. Um, but also, yeah, how we can develop the sense of family through our through our lives, I guess. Mm. No, that's really good. Thank you. And you kind of mentioned you started to introduce that, but how do we begin to understand christian community so it's we've been talking about it for you know half hour now with the two podcasts um how do we understand it what does it look like um what does the bible say about it yeah so i mean first firstly if we think about the life of jesus you know uh jesus did this so Mm. you know first off if the savior of the world needs to i don't know invite other people around his life then how much more do I do mm-hmm. I need that? So you know, someone actually has said about in Luke's gospel. I haven't, I haven't checked this out actually, but someone said in Luke's gospel, Jesus is all, almost always at a meal, going to a meal, or coming from a meal. <laughs> and I, I think that partly captures, you know, it certainly captures the fact that Jesus was regularly with people and sometimes mm-hmm. with no real agenda. Mm-hmm. And I think. How do we understand Christian community? I think at times we need to be really intentional about fostering that community. So you talked about that. Sometimes you've just, you know, it's just happened for you and you haven't mm-hmm. thought about it. So I think at times we need to be intentional about that. But I also think it means Christian community sometimes be, means being with each other with no real agenda. Mm-hmm. I think at times it means pushing past the program, getting really personal, you know, getting more personal. Mm-hmm. I think even when that pushes a pushes us out of our comfort zone uh, uh, i think it means that we're not just functional and what we do is the church you know here's a bunch of programs but we become more you know well i use the phrase family not functional you know so actually we're not just we're not just thinking about but the things that we do but actually mm-hmm. how we do it and, and mm-hmm. one of the one of the phrases where we've adopted in our church is it's how we can grow closer as a family, you know, so we're actually talking about, you know, what we do isn't just formal, it's family. Um, mm. So, you know, so that, that's a, I think that's seen in the life mm. of Jesus, first of all, um, and, and how he, and how he took time with, with people, you know, reclined at the table, walked the roads, invited disciples close, Mm-hmm. lived his life alongside them and, and then, I mean secondly then there, there, I mean there's so many New Testament examples of the church developing community and family together so I've mentioned Acts 2 Acts 4 the end of Acts 4 is another similar passage Ephesians 3 and 4 I mentioned last mm-hmm. week uh, 1 Corinthians 12 I haven't even touched on that so that's the whole picture of the body of Christ mm-hmm. uh, but some verses that have been coming to my mind recently are Hebrews some verses near the end of Hebrews chapter 10 mm-hmm. verses 24 and 25 where the writer of the Hebrew says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, mm. not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see that they're approaching. And I don't know about you, but it feels like these words are even more important at this time where, you know, certainly we're not always meeting together, certainly physically, and um, but how may we spur one another on towards love and good deeds? How do, how do we prioritize, you know, certainly connecting with others and encouraging one another and 
it's just this idea that Christianity is not a solo sport. So I mentioned I'm yes. a runner, you yeah. know, it's often seen as a solo sport, but mm-hmm. but I, I've learned the powerful group dynamic to running. So other when I run with other people, it helps me run faster. Mm. And, you know, so you asked what the nature of community is. I think it's actually that we help each other run <laughs> further or run faster mm. you know, in the Christian faith. So, you know, if I'm running on my own, I'm tempted to just give up. <laughs> yeah, I'm tempted to. Well, it's too hard tonight. So I'll just, I'll cut my run short and I'll turn mm-hmm. now or else I'll take a shortcut. Or even as I, but, but actually when I run with others, I get into their slipstream or mm-hmm. I, time passes quicker as I chat with them or my pride means that I don't want to get dropped from the back of the group. So it, it encouraged me. And, and I have to say the nature of Christian community. So I think it's being you know, being encouraged by someone else's faith in the midst of a -hmm. huge trial in their life. Mm -hmm. So actually being alongside people when they suffer, Mm -hmm. then that challenges me. Or, you know, watching people in a small group to step up to pray for others or to practically serve others in a time of need, you know, that disciples me, that, Mm -hmm. that, that impacts me. Or, you know, in communities of discipleship, small groups, we can talk to each other about the implications of knowing Jesus and our circumstances right now. So it's it's not just head knowledge, but actually we're mm-hmm. seeing it in people's hands and feet and hearts and lives. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, so Christ, nature Christian community, I've learned so much from the insights and wisdom of other people as they talk about their faith in Jesus. And I'm reminded of how God is at work in people's lives mm-hmm. as I see them encounter God and mm-hmm in new ways so you know for me that's a picture of i guess how a small group community can develop mm-hmm. our discipleship yeah yeah that is so encouraging as well just for yourself if you know everyone goes through moments where they um just struggle a bit in their faith and i love meeting and seeing how god's working in other people's lives and that just reminds me that he is real and he is active and he is working through other people and through us together in the group and normally comes out when you do meet and when you do have this type of intentional community, as you mentioned. And I think that's one thing that I've missed. Um, you said like meeting without an agenda and just spending time without an agenda. One thing that I've definitely missed this time where everything's on Zoom, we're talking on Zoom at the moment, but whenever we meet on Zoom, it's always an agenda. <laughs> you know, small groups will meet with a specific agenda to work through the small group study um, or through the material but you miss the small talk on before you miss the small talk afterwards in like going to lectures you're and lecture for the agenda of being taught but then you miss the community and that sense of relationships within it and that's yeah one thing someone, that... i think someone said to me this week that it's about the end but we've lost the in-between moments of life mm. and I think that's true, you know, so it's the conversations after a CU meeting or mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, conversation as you gather, it's little things that people say to one another in passing and, and we have lost that, you know, and so, uh, you know, so even this, this conversation of developing community is even more critical and important in the context of, you know, lockdown and mm-hmm. social distancing and, and increased isolation because we need to create communities of discipleship that continue in whatever form to help people see more of Jesus. But also then the things that were the moments that we miss, then we need to be more intentional about 
somehow recapture them. So mm-hmm. I think, you you know, what you've said there is a great challenge to a small group leader is, you know, how can we connect with our groups whenever there's with no agenda sometimes, you know, um, that, that's, that's a good question, mm-hmm. I think. That they can mm-hmm. set them or the agenda is just to meet and just. Yes. Because <laughs> um, that's what another thing that I'm thinking of is being, you know, what we have to be, you mentioned a few times, we have to be intentional about creating this in, especially now when it's so easy for it to slip because it's not often on our agenda to have community. You know, the, that would be silly if you wrote down on a to-do list is to, you know, enjoy community together. Um, but something that I think we are growing in and we have to do it. And even, you know, hopefully these podcasts might be listened to after lockdown. And it's the same principle applies where you actually be intentional and almost put that down as a checklist. Um, or if you're thinking of a small group, you know, it's a, hopefully it's a key that you're looking to do in your group. So, so even, you know, how can we be intentional about that? If we're missing some of those things, you know, who can I pick up the phone to today? I've tried to mm-hmm. discipline myself. I'm trying to discipline myself at the minute to, you know, phone one person every day. So, mm-hmm. so you know, and I'm trying to create a little window after, you know, lunch to do that. So who can I phone today? And uh, who, can I, who can I speak to, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, who can I write a letter to? Who can I say thank you to? Um, mm-hmm. Who can I send a text message just to ask how they're doing, you know? Um, not 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 big things either are they no no (laughs) really not big things yeah and i think another thing that you mentioned that i picked up on um is this verse from romans um romans chapter 12 and it says share with the lord's people who are in need practice hospitality bless Mm. those who persecute you bless and do not curse and then this bit especially which i love rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn Live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Um, so a list of do's and don'ts in that. But I think that's Paul encouraging us and to what to what this looks like. You know, together rejoice with those who rejoice, um, mourn with those who mourn. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful picture of what community is meant to look like. Yeah, the the phrase. Versus actually saddened me in some ways. The, <laughs> phrase that, the phrase that popped out there was practice hospitality. Mm. And just struck, you know, again, it's difficult to do that at the minute, isn't it? But, mm. but you know, I, I, there are other ways to be hospitable. You know, maybe that's the challenge is how can we find ways to be hospitable mm. to others, whether that's an invite to someone, to something that we're doing, even online, or whether it's finding someone to go a walk with. You know, how can we be hospitable? I, I mean, I'm convinced that the one of the most underused resources in the church and in Christian lives is, is the home, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yet that has become one of the places that's been closed off to us in terms mm-hmm. of inviting others in. You know, the, the home stuff is actually more difficult. It's harder mm-hmm. to practice hospitality mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. but I guess then we need to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't just ignore Paul's um, command to practice hospitality. We're like, ah, sorry, Paul, can't. Um, <laughs> we still can. But I think, again, one thing that I'm excited for is that people now realize the joy of hospitality. You know, so when we can meet, I can't say when that will be, but what a joy that will be. Um, and then again, I feel like small groups, just when, if they're online, they're meeting together online, when they can meet in person, what a joy that will be to meet in person. So I think it'll be something that we've taken for granted. We've lost the practice of, but what I'm hoping yeah. is that we'll come back around and 
enjoy it more when we can. It strikes me too that, you know, and I know I'm talking to a bunch of small group leaders who are probably all meeting online at the minute. Actually, there's a purpose in carrying that forward mm. because I don't think we can just say, oh, whenever everything gets back to normal, then we'll go back to what we had. I mm. think those who persevere and keep going will continue, be able to continue that community in fresh ways whenever we're able. But actually there's something about persevering through the struggle together rather than just saying, oh, we'll pick this up, you know, in six months time, whenever everything's back to normal. Mm. I, I, I don't think, I don't think that's the, the right approach, you know, or the option. I think we need to persevere with people and suffer together, even if that means, oh, I'm zoomed out, you know. Yeah. Actually, what does it mean to suffer together as a community? Mm. What does it mean to commu- commit to one another, even when it's awkward or when it doesn't feel as good? Mm. That might mean that tonight I will, you know, push through the Zoom fatigue because I, because other people might need me mm-hmm. and I need other people. Yes. There's a massive part of, um humility and serving that is listed throughout all of all of what it means to be a christian gathering together um and you mentioned before um that corinthians passage i think it's 1 corinthians 12 mm-hmm. you kind of mentioned it then passed it on but actually let's go back to it yeah what does it say i don't know if you have it there but um what does it say yeah i mean so in my heading actually in the bible uh, midway through First Corinthians 12, the heading is unity and diversity in the body. Mm-hmm. And the very next verse, verse 12 says, just as a body, though one has many parts, mm. but all its parts form one body. So it is with Christ. And it's, it's that idea of, you know, the foot needs the hand and the, the hand needs the eye and, and the eye needs the ear. And, and, you know, this sense that actually there is diversity. So everyone, God has arranged or created each of the parts of the body in, mm. in different ways, or even just to perform different functions. But actually, when all of those things collaborate and work in harmony together, that it creates something something wonderful. And so, I mean, again, take that in the context of a small group. There are some in the small group who will be the serving hands. And, and I don't say that to mean that everyone should opt out of serving, but there are some who will bring that particularly to the group. There are some who will be the, you know, the eyes and the ears. There are some... Uh, parts of the the group that will really help with you know how people feel Mm. and and reaching out and some will be really good at reaching out to others you know the hands and the feet going to new places and to new people and and it's this idea that we all need each other you know so you you mentioned humility earlier Mm -hmm. yeah and so it means i'm not arrogant because of the thing that i bring Mm -hmm. but i'm actually i approach humbly because i say Mm. i'm only a small part of the the body Mm. and without him and without her without them without those gifts oh i'm nothing Mm. Mm, completely and i think i have it in front of me here and just one verse that i found um in verse 18 so 1 corinthians 12 18 but in fact god has placed the parts of the body every one of them just as he wanted them to be and I think that's crazy thinking that God, God has placed and put it all together just as he wanted it to be. Every part is important and has something that serves towards a group. So then again, this is help, so helpful for me. Um, just a new thought that I'm thinking about, but how, if you're a small group leader, how can you take this verse, look at that and be like, God's placed everyone together, part of this body. And again, what they contribute has value. How can you bring that in? How can you use them? How can you, 
um, incorporate that into what you're trying to do as a small group because only when they're involved does a small group become what the a full functioning part of the body yeah i mean i think um, as a leader i want to give space for lots of different voices to be heard so i i, I don't want to dominate the conversation or discussion it's not just an audience with me mm. share my thoughts and opinions i want to ask other people and and you know and and to bring them to the fore so i mean how how can that happen i suppose the question is how, how can we what can you do to foster a community I think, you know, we've mentioned already about going beyond the session, mm-hmm. thinking about helping everyone contribute, you know, when it's possible, eating together and hanging out together. I think it's all sometimes about knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's about being intentional with those in your group. And, and you know, I think it's time for share, giving real time for prayer and sharing and, mm-hmm. and asking different people to contribute as well. Um inviting people to prepare things so that they can, you know, be ready to, to prepare or try to share and to lead mm. in different ways. So I think that has to be the posture of, of, of leadership and finding different ways for people, mm. for people to contribute or lead or, you know, serve in, in lots mm. of different ways. It's, it's yeah, it's gotta be the posture. I think it has to be. And all of that comes through in relationship and knowing them and, knowing knowing where the gifts are and where they can serve and where they can prepare because i think that will be the almost the immediate comeback is but i don't know how they can um but then that's almost your responsibility is actually to get to know them come alongside them support them um see where their gifts are and how they can serve then within the community that you're in and i think yeah all of this that we kind of talked about when we talk about you know rejoice with those who rejoice mourn with those who mourn we need to have the relationship to be able to know when there's good news and give space and time to, to rejoice. And then again, in small group setting in the community, we need to know when people are mourning and then come alongside them and mourn with them. Um, so is that intentionality of just actually coming alongside them, getting to know them, getting to know where you can love them and support them and be humble to give them that time and that space? Yeah. So then we have talked around it loads. Is there any specific practical tips, advice that you can give to small group leaders to kind of do this example of community? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll be really honest, Andy, you, you gave me this question in advance to think about. And so I've, I've, I'm going to give you five things okay, oh, that I think a small group leader can do that I think are really practical. Yeah. And I think they're all possible too. So mm. um, first is give access to your life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, Paul was such a gifted leader, but primarily he was a father to Timothy and Barnabas and others. So it wasn't, for him, it wasn't let's meet at the temple for a six-week Bible study. It was, we loved you so much that we shared not only the gospel with you, but our lives as well. Again, it's that phrase of go beyond the group. You know, mm-hmm. don't just make it about the whatever you're you're doing. Mm-hmm. The, the R on the Thursday night or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, whenever, how, how can you facilitate community in your times together go beyond comprehension okay so small groups don't just exist to give people more information about the bible okay the the purpose of small group discussion or any bible study 
is to drive towards application and transformation, not mm. just more information. Okay, so say that again. I think the purpose of any Bible, small group Bible study is to drive towards practical application and personal transformation and not just more head information. Mm. Okay, so it's not just about knowing more facts or collecting more information about the, the Bible. So um, it's about how can the truth of this passage be lived out in people's lives. So if you, as a leader, if you're leading those conversations, then it should drive you towards questions like, you know, not what's the name of the Pharisee in verse 13, but here's a truth. So what does this truth look like in our life? Mm-hmm. Or what are the challenges that will that will get in the way of us living out this truth that Paul's talking about? Mm-hmm. Or, you, you know, uh, in what ways do in what ways can we practically live out this command of Jesus in our life, mm. in our lives? And so to build depth in small groups, I think we need to think about, yes, the truths that we are learning, but what they actually look like in the day-to-day world of their members. So, you know, my encouragement would be to ask the so what question mm-hmm. as a leader, you know, so, okay, the, I don't know, the good Samaritan parable is about loving your neighbor. So what? So mm-hmm. what does that practically look like for us right now? Mm. And ask the so what question, get and help people to really think about what that looks like in, in their in their lives, mm. and, and share that together. And um, so, how have we got so far? We've got give access to your life, mm-hmm. go beyond comprehension. Thirdly, don't be afraid of silence. I think we need to avoid the temptation as leaders to commentate or to respond and everything to everything. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're that good at silence. You know where you know everything's awkward isn't it you know Mm -hmm. oh my goodness there's an awkward silence and we you know so find a good question and don't be afraid of silence that you fill it and then you skim the surface i think we're so afraid of silence that that then we we just skim skim past the surface but actually sometimes silence will open the door to greater depth Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. if you're an introvert in a small group i'm not okay but my wife is so she tells me Mm -hmm. introverts need processing time Mm -hmm. so as a leader, don't just default to the voice who will answer first. So little techniques there, you can, you know, I'm going to ask a question and then let's pause for 60 seconds to reflect on that and then we'll share. So the introverts get processing time, okay? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we're going to go around the group and everyone is going to get an opportunity to say something. Now, some people freak out about that, but actually it gives it gives an actual, especially on Zoom, by the way, that really is helpful because mm-hmm. people are scared to jump in sometimes in case they cut across someone else. So actually, you know, Again, it's given a chance for everyone to be heard. Um, so ask good, you know, ask good questions and don't be afraid of silence. Um, fourthly, push for participation. Um, I mentioned this already, but I would say let people have a go. Mm-hmm. A small groups are a great opportunity to have someone to lead in prayer or share a thought or lead some music or bring a song that they really enjoy this week or bring some food or guide the discussion, whatever it is. Don't let people be passive. And someone said the larger a crowd goes, the more pressure there is to be polished. But the smaller a group gets, the more freedom there is to get it wrong. And actually, you know, if you're in a small group, it's a perfect training ground. It's a perfect place for someone to have a go and push for, you know, push for people to participate. And actually, I think it'll build more ownership in the group. They'll feel part of it more. Mm -hmm. As leaders, I think you should avoid the temptation to do it all yourself. Mm -hmm. And lastly, create space in your groups so don't just meet for an hour nail the bible study and go you know create space for those in-between moments that we were talking about earlier or or use times of prayer to really share what's going on in each other's lives 
times of worship or listening to a song to reflect in silence and to give people space, take time for people to encourage one another, you know, take time just to hang out sometimes as well, you know, have a quiz night or food night, whatever you can, mm-hmm. make space for real community to develop um, create space for every voice to be heard, mm-hmm. create space for people to contribute. So um, there's there's my five, Andy. What, what's the role of a small group leader, you asked, to facilitate community? Give access to your life. Go beyond comprehension. Don't be afraid of silence. Push for participation mm-hmm. and create space. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I did ask you to prepare that because that is, that is fantastic. And just, yeah, if you're a small group leader, listen to this. Um, rewind five minutes grab a pen and do make a note of that down because i think it will transform your small group i genuinely think it will um yes so thank you so much for rick for that that is yeah that is so helpful and i think kind of bringing this to an end um as a ce we exist for mission and for making jesus name known across campus and again this is why we meet together is so we can be equipped and so we can be on mission together in our small groups, in our CUs. And what a witness it is to have this community together. We talked about it last week. We won't dwell on it again, but it's just this reminder to, you know, this community is seen by those around us. Um, it's seen, it is desired. I became a Christian in my first year of uni. And the main reason is because I saw this joy and this delight that these Christians had together um it was weird to me but i absolutely loved it and i wanted it and then i was brought in and then i enjoyed it and then here i am now a few years on and so yeah practice this and then don't be afraid to invite others into it um again it's the purpose don't be afraid to invite other people into it in small groups um hopefully you'll be having go nights where we want to invite people into this community so yeah do do you think about that? Don't be, um, don't be a closed group, a private group, because that's, again, that's not investing into this community um, that we're wanting and we're looking for. As we close, Rick, just do you want to share with us one story or encouragement um, for our small group leaders here? It could be on anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just that idea. Of, I'll pick up that. Uh, maybe a story that encourages around what you just shared there, because I do think authentic community will be attractive to the others. So I can just think of, you just think of a couple, well, someone who joined our church, came to our church three or four years ago and she went on a real journey of faith and her her partner came with her to church and, and we were talking to him at the end of a service one time and, you know, he, he'd been around maybe for three, four months and something he said to me was, he said, you know, I'm not, I'm not all that sure about everything that's going on here. Um, but there's some, just something about you guys mm. that draws me in. And what he was saying was, you know, I, I don't, know, I don't believe this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a believer. I haven't gone on the journey that that she has. But actually, I, I'm here because I'm here because there's something I see in you as a people mm-hmm. that makes me want to be here too. And. Um, He's gone on a significant journey, you know, and there's kind of a, a kind of whole story around them as a couple. But you know, I just kind of finish on that as an encouragement mm-hmm. that you you never know, you know, what mm-hmm. 
who who could you you know who you could invite in or mm. how you could make space for others and I think there is an amazing opportunity at this time to, mm-hmm. to think about that you know whether it's you know changing your rhythm for six weeks and doing an online alpha or whatever it is you know mm-hmm. or inviting people in through through I don't know what you know mm-hmm. quiz nights or zoom things yeah. or whatever yeah. but, but just don't miss the kind of missional imperative to mm-hmm. community and don't also miss how authentic community can be attractive mm-hmm. to, to others uh, as well. And and maybe just lastly, you know, I, when you make your life about this, and by that I mean when you make your life about sharing in relationship and community with others, that goes with you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, I can think of people I serve with now who I was in small groups with, mm-hmm. you know, a decade ago. You might, the person who was my youth leader actually as a teenager ended up with his wife in the home group that we now lead. And by the way, that was in a different church. Hmm. And we would never have dreamed that that would have been the dynamic and we would have been, you know, and, but we continue to be part of each other's lives. Hmm. And, um, and I think that's powerful, you know. Hmm. Um, so don't just think this is a one-year thing. Invest yes. in people's lives, mm. and you have no idea where God will take that. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Um, that is encouraging. I am encouraged just for myself and the small groups I'm a part of. Um, that does definitely bring us to the end now of our podcast. Um, again, Rick, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciated, yeah, going through all. this with you. And pleasure to contribute and chat. Ah, it's it's been a joy. Um. And again, thank you so much for listening to this. Um, there's not many podcasts left. Uh, I think at the moment there's only one left and that's looking at living as a blessing. So it's the final component that we want to characterize um, our small groups is living as a blessing to others. So what does it mean to be salt and light? How can we do that as a community in our small group? How can we encourage others to do that individually? So that'll be our final podcast. Um, I might do a few bonus episodes because it's still early on in the year but (laughs) we'll see what happens there but again thank you that is us for today um again thank you rick and thank you all for listening add it up